All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Of Like Minds video podcast. I have a super special guest in today, professional dancer, dance educator, mental health professional, Mr. Chris Terry. Chris, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, brother. Thank you for having me, brother. Absolutely. For <laughs> so sure, Chris, for sure. Chris, you have um, you have quite a resume, and I think like anything, it's always super fun to just get into the origins and just... If you can just talk mm -hmm. about uh, how the hell you even get into dance and that initial, um, that initial move and that what that inspiration was. Yeah, so um, I started dancing like uh, fairly late for a lot of people. I started when I was like fifteen, mm. and um, so strange enough, I uh, I would always love to dance as a kid. Like movies came out, music videos came out. You got served. Uh, I like. <laughs> loved Usher's videos like you don't have to call like I remember like watching those videos and being like man I love that stuff hearing the music and just like wanting to dance and get down and whatever but uh, honestly as a kid I was like super duper insanely afraid of dancing in front of anyone hmm. like I would never ever dance in front of anyone ever and under no circumstances like I was that kid that would go to like the middle school dances and I would be like circling around for hours like drinking punch like nervous <laughs> Yeah, but I always loved it, and I kind of just kept it to my to myself. Mm. Um, and then I, I still remember a time when I was like, um, my sister was playing the radio from her room, mm -hmm. and Usher's song was on, and I was like in my mom's room, like I was right next to hers, like dancing with the door closed, but she could like see through like the mirror, like uh -huh. me dancing, and I realized it, and I was like, I just remember that as being like a moment of like feeling so exposed, and I was like, man, I'm never dancing for anybody ever. Um, but yeah, but I still loved it. And I like freestyle or whatever. Obviously not very good at all, but do a, do like that on my own time and in secret. Yeah. And then when I got to high school, um, I got like a little bit more confidence. And I think it was my sophomore year and we were kind of, you know, messing around in like the choir room or whatever. And my friend was like, yo, you dance? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> sure. And um so yeah, and then another friend of mine, she was like, she told me she was a better dancer than me. And I was like, man, what? Like my, my boy just told me I was tight. <laughs> so, so yeah, so from there, she was like, well, my, my uh, dance teacher is looking for guys at our studio. If you guys want to come through and like check it out and see what it is. And then yada, yada, yada. So I went to the studio with uh, two of my, my good friends and yeah, the teacher was, we took the first class. Teacher was like, hey, we would um, love to have you guys come in. We have like a scholarship program for the guys where you can come and take class for free and you can help mm. us assist classes and clean the studio and like do this work. In the meantime, after school, you need to take class for free. And I was like, I mean, I don't know anything about this, but I mean, I had to. Um, oh, and so what was, yeah, what, sorry, go ahead. what was that? What was the, when you got this scholarship at the studio, what was the regimen like what were the classes you had to take like what was like what was yeah what was that regimen like? yeah well it's, it's like a pretty like normal like uh studio like no drop-in classes just like had like consistent regular students and they had like everything from like ages three up to high school like in different like sections and we had class like three times a week i think it was monday tuesday and wednesday um different styles like modern a little bit of ballet, uh, mm -hmm. jazz, funk, like that kind of vibe. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was that was where I where I started. So 
I love that. I think yeah. I think that's something that um, you know, I think you can kind of tell and and at least you know having taken that class when you guess it and taught for grown ups is, you know, I think you have um, a wider range of skills and 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 stemming from your you. your humble beginnings. And if you can just maybe talk about the importance of that um, as a professional mm-hmm. dancer that we're going to get into just being able to dip your foot into, you know, many different styles. So you're not just limited to one thing. If you can just talk about the importance, mm-hmm. how that's helped you in your career, um, even to where you're at right now. For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm, a lot of people that I know now that are in the industry in the way that I've um, gone for it tend to have like more of like a, either a crew background or like a freestyle background, like, you know, one of those two, a little bit more mm-hmm. foundation heavy or kind of coming from a community. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, not quite. And I feel like I kind of like picking up, started picking up those aspects of foundations and stuff like that, like a little bit later, more so when I moved to LA at like 22. Um, but I, um, loved and hated a challenge at the same time <laughs> and so like loved loved the challenge of dance and like it frustrated me so much because i wanted to be so good at it so fast mm. but it was a struggle for me yeah so i leaned for a while towards the struggle of uh ballet and contemporary and modern and those styles were like the the least natural for my body Mm. um and so I was like man I know I like in the first year or two of dancing I knew I want to go to LA like my my teachers had both had experience as dancers in LA and I was like oh that's possible done I Mm. I I know I want to do that for sure um but I was like I want to be technically sound before I go and do um the other styles that are more comfortable for my body I wasn't good at them (laughs) but I knew that they would come easier than than ballet and modern and jazz like that and so, yeah, I decided to go to college and study dance there. So I did like a modern and ballet program. Mm-hmm. And in the summers, I would do like another, like um, go to like another college to supplement that. And it'd be, that was a hard program I ever did. It was like um, every day from like eight to six, I took three ballet classes a day, modern class, jazz class, contemporary, like everything, pa, um, mm-hmm. everything. It opened me up to like this whole new world and you know for a while i hated ballet and then i found out that <laughs> um that when i found out that men's ballet is different than women's ballet like what they do on stage mm-hmm. when i found out that that men do the jumps and the turns and the and all this stuff like that i was like oh that's what we do <laughs> oh absolutely yeah so yeah so i really really dove into that technical situation um very hardcore loved it a whole lot, but my body is, I think I'm more built to be an athlete than a ballet dancer. <laughs> mm. So I didn't have like quite the, the range of motion that I want, that I wanted. And, you know, so I kind of mentally was holding me back where they actually held me back is, you know, up to opinion, but it was tough on me mentally. Yeah. And so, but I still wanted to be as good as I can with it before I went to LA and started to take more like foundation classes and choreo classes in that way. So Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, and I think that I didn't realize how much the fact that physically me not being, having the full range and still committing to doing it, I didn't realize how much of a benefit that would have for me uh, in other styles later on, but it really, it really has, it really has, yeah. 
Absolutely. If you can just take us back, Chris, I think there's mm-hmm. something to be said, you know, one in deciding to pursue dance in undergrad, if you can just talk about that, that undergrad program that you had did in terms of regimen, mm-hmm. what it was like on a weekly basis, what did you do outside of classes, like working, stretching out, like mm-hmm. what are all the things that all the work that, you know, you don't see on stage that kind of, you know, doesn't get seen. Yeah. That's, that's the work that happens behind closed doors. If you just take us through two part question, just that decision to, to, to pursue dance at a higher level. And then two, mm-hmm. what it was like, putting in that work outside your given regimen classes. For sure. Yeah. So like, like I was saying, I, I decided that I wanted to dance professionally when I was like 16, 17, mm-hmm. like, like pretty soon after I started, I would say 17. Um, I said, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to LA. That like makes sense. Dance life had just came out the TV show by JLo <laughs> at the time. I yeah, was like, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, I was, but I didn't think that I was good enough yet. And I still wanted to work on my technical side. So I was like, I'll go to college first, I'll dance there. And then I'll go to LA from there. And so the program that I got into, um, I auditioned up for a lot of schools, got into like none of them. I had like barely any technique whatsoever, but I got into Ohio University, mm-hmm. which is like, it's like a it's like a normal like school so it's not like a conservatory where it's like Juilliard or Point Park or yeah one yeah. of those so our program wasn't as as rigorous we had a couple classes a day a couple of dance classes a day choreography classes dance history courses uh dance pedagogy courses mm. um etc etc but it wasn't as rigorous as other schools mm-hmm. um so, which is why like I'm glad I went to Point Park summer dance program over the summer which really, really like, like really killed me. <laughs> and it taught me, taught me so much. Um, and so what kind of happened was I made sure I did that intensive a couple of times. And then whenever I was back in school, I would obviously take the classes that were, you know, given to me in my major, but also making sure that I spent at least two hours in the studio every day mm. by myself, just, just creating a ballet bar for myself, a ballet class for myself, and then working on, uh these technical things from these different styles and improv and all that kind of stuff and yeah I really had to find that discipline for myself because I felt like I started off kind of behind everyone else because I had been dancing for such a short period of time yeah and I just really wanted to like catch up and then just really kind of take off with it so but my school was it's like a normal college it was definitely a party (laughs) a party (laughs) party school yeah so you know we we definitely had a had a good time for sure but I also made sure that you know before I did any of that I you know really honed in on the on the dance classes and really honed in on my individual training for myself so yeah I definitely knew where I wanted to go and and I was making sure that I was still you know taking my steps to get there so Mm -hmm. yeah I I find it really incredible for you to you know start dancing at 15 16 and you Mm -hmm. making that decision you know probably within a year like you had said of taking these classes to go professional if you can just talk about I mean I think you know maybe being behind quote unquote in terms of like maybe your starting age I think that maybe has a lot to do with the work ethic that you're like, okay, I have so much to catch up on. Mm. I need to be doing as much as I can outside. So maybe you were talking about, you know, earlier you had said that, oh, I didn't have the range of motion, or maybe like it wasn't as natural for me. If you can talk about like, maybe you starting later kind of seems like it's like this strong work ethic. If you can just speak on that or if that's true or not. (laughs) No, no, definitely. I think, you know, when I first started dance, I'll be honest, like, 
I would come home after class and literally be like almost in tears mm-hmm. or in tears, like angry, upset, because like not only was I not like physically capable of doing everything I wanted to do, but also I wasn't able to even pick up choreography at that time. And it was like crazy because I had my, my best friend now, uh-huh. he was able to pick up the choreography. And I was uh-huh. like, well, we both just started dancing. So I'm like, what, what is happening? <laughs> and my other, my, other, my other friend, he's like, he's about, he's about where I'm at, you know? Uh-huh. But I would feel so behind and I would get home and be like so upset. But what I would do every night is I would do the steps over and over and over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again until I had them correct to go on to the next, the next day. Mm. And I think just like that point, and I, and I hate to say that the that frustration helped me. I don't think that you have to necessarily let, let your passion take you to that point. Mm. But for a long time, it really took me to that point. Um, and even sometimes when I was in LA too, I'd be so frustrated mm. and I'd go home and just like, you know, and then when I got into strictly technical dance, um, and there was no like jazz funk or hip hop or whatever for me to feel a little bit more at ease. Ah. Um, it kind of like ignited the fire even more. And so I did one of the summer dance program. They put me in the highest level of ballet and I have no idea how that happened or why <laughs> that happened. And these kids, like, they're not okay. Oh. They're incredible. Mm. And so it's like ballet classes was one of those classes where the teachers didn't even demonstrate. They say the moves and then you do them. Oh. So it's, it's like literally they they stop the music, they say what you do next to the bar, they don't demonstrate, don't show you, and then you just do it. And I'm there, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And then we do petite leg rope combos across the floor. Mm. And I literally, for an entire uh, six weeks, did not one petite leg rope combo <laughs> correctly. And I bad. was so... <laughs> devastated the the workshop literally put me on my ass completely mm. like embarrassed shot like everything and it was at that point where i was like i am not going to not be good at this mm. i'm not it's not gonna happen and so as soon as i left that workshop I, when i went back to school that's why i was in the studio every single day for two hours creating my own ballet classes so that when i went back or just so I can improve in general but when I went back the next time around completely different story mm. and I think that me feeling that like even in embarrassment of that and like being just like put out there and it having having it be so visible that I you know as one of the older people here like I'm in college mm. and I am <laughs> looking crazy every day for six weeks yeah i'm like no i'm not gonna give up i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna do get this correctly i'm gonna get better and so i think that me committing to the technical side first um and going through the heat of that for myself when i came here to la and i got more into like hip-hop and and foundation and choreography um it was not as hard for me to get into that as it was for the technical side. Mm. And so I was really able to stick with it. I saw the movement happen faster and I felt like, yeah, I felt the, the, the equal amount of push, but I was moving faster. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. If, if you're just kind of comparing your, you know, your undergrad experience in terms of dance and then this, mm-hmm. um, what's the name of the program? The, the, the intensive, the six week intensive that you do every year is, was there a name for yeah. this? Just so I can quote it. 
Yeah, it's Point Park Summer Intensive. Point Park Summer Intensive. So from that yeah. first time that you went and, and you had said, you know, got your ass handed to you, you worked mm-hmm. and you, you were going to be there the next year. And then I guess that time in between and you talking about creating this, your own regimen, two hours a day in the studio, just like, I'm going to be better at this. Did you ever mm-hmm. notice the improvement along the way? Or was it not until the next year when you went back to the intensive, you're like, Oh, like I, I can actually feel like I see a lot of progress. Like, and it's, it's so hard, you know, when you're working, mm-hmm, your craft, sure. you almost, do you even, if you can go back to that moment, did you even like Definitely. get a chance to see like, Oh, I'm actually progressing. Or it was just like one day it was like, Whoa, like it's kind of coming together now. What was that uh, like? Yeah. It's actually pretty funny because like, as I did the intensive uh, in the summer, I just felt like trash and it felt like anything. I felt just terrible. <laughs> I was having fun, but I just felt like not great. Yeah. And it's funny because after that summer, I went back to my school and they were like, whoa, you changed so much. Like mm. what? I'm like, have I? Cause I feel awful. Um. But, um, but so yeah, kind of what I did from that point on, once I got back is, you know, as I was creating my own ballet class, obviously it wouldn't be to the standard of the ballet class that was created at the intensive. I just mm-hmm. didn't have enough knowledge of it to create that class for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would do is I, I knew all, all the, the movements, all the steps, I knew them all. And so even if I couldn't, for, for instance, Petit Allegro, right? Even mm-hmm. if I couldn't recreate the exact combinations, I knew all the, all the, all the steps, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just repeat, like I would just, Lissage, take, Lissage, take, Lissage, take, repeat, repeat, repeat it. Batu, Batu. Like I would just repeat that stuff over and over again. Yeah. So it was so ingrained in, in my muscle that I just, I, my body understood the movement more. And I would start to kind of create more complex um, um, combinations, but at the same time, it, it wasn't to that, to that point. And so actually when I was going back, I remember thinking like, man, I've done all this work. I don't know if it's going to help at all I could still really be terrible going into this Mm. situation because I haven't had that level of class yeah Uh, but the truth was it made the world of difference it really (sighs) did and I and I went in and I was able to pick up combos and be like whoa okay (laughs) I feel I feel far better and I still had a lot of work to do and and the program was still amazing for me from that point but um but yeah I didn't notice the work so much the progress so much at the time Mm-hmm. But when I was thrown back in, in there, I could see it. And I was like, man, I'm glad I did that. And I'm going to mm. continue to do it that way. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And you kind of going back to when you first started and you kind of getting influenced by seeing these music videos and seeing the Usher music videos, you're like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. And you're now yeah. going through this rigorous program in undergrad. You're doing this intensive, you know, when you're, you have time off, you're still putting in that work. Um, talking mm-hmm. a little bit about the post-grad journey and now even just that decision to, okay, like I've talked about it, I've dreamed about it, but now I'm going to actually make the move to LA. And I think those huge life transitions are a lot more difficult than um, than just like actually doing it. So if you can just talk about that transition, moving to LA uh, um, and what that beast was like, because uh, LA is a different beast, man. <laughs> buddy <laughs> um so there was no like uh lag or like second guessing of actually doing the move like I very much knew when I was gonna move how I was gonna move I, I very much like there's no like chance to second guess I was like I know this is for me <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt it whatsoever let's go right mm-hmm. 
And so <laughs> doesn't mean the move was easy by any means. That move was actually very, very difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, and it started, it started off before I even actually moved. I like had a roommate set up. We we're gonna find a place, and you know, a couple weeks before I moved out, he dropped out on me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is okay. We're about to to do this. Okay, mm. cool. Dropped out on me. My, the ticket's still purchased. It's I'm still going. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so luckily, I had a my past roommate in college. He had, he lived out here already, and. Um, so I got to stay with him for a couple months, but um, yeah, to keep it uh, brief and give as much detail as necessary, I was here for the first like two or three months, literally going from job hunting to class to job hunting to class every single day. I and and started looking for place as well. So I wake up early in the morning, call jobs, call jobs, call jobs. Uh, call apartments, see, like look on, you know, the website, see what's available yeah. and then go straight to class from there. And I had no car. So I'd be like walking everywhere for like an oh, hour and like a shirt, shirt and tie and all sweaty, trying to go different jobs oh, and stuff like that, God. catching the bus and then doing that, packing my dress clothes in the thing and going to <laughs> class and, yeah. you know, just kind of doing that whole cycle forever. Could not find a regular job, like yeah. even like a sustainable gig or whatever i couldn't yeah. find anything for like three three months so i'm like burning through money i just yeah. moved into this like um it's like d- dancers hostel situation when i'm living in a house with like 12 other dancers who like you know people who like travel in and out all the time but i'm like the only person who's like actually trying to live there but it's cheap mm, yeah 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 so yeah so so i'm living there and i like after three months or so i finally got a bar gig that could like pay for like my my rent and you know cover that stuff thank god because man was close yeah Um, and then that that started freeing me up a little bit to where i could start to really get into training and stress less about that. I still didn't have my own place to stay though. I didn't have my own actual place until after living here for a year. Mm. So I, I subletted and bounced around and was all over the place. And I had like luggage that I moved around every two months. The luggage is completely <sighs> destroyed, holes and the wheels cracked and I'm still riding the bus. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so all that kind of stuff and yeah, all that kind of, all the whole situation. And then yeah, like I said, I got the bar job and that, that freed me up a little bit financially. I still wasn't making a lot of money, but it was enough for me and what I had to, at the time. Yes. Um, then I started to really dig, just dig, dig, dig into class. Mm-hmm. And I would show up, show up to work. I worked like the night shift from like nine to like three or four. And I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd come into to, to work in my dance clothes and like change in the closet, <laughs> put on the, put on my actual yeah. clothes and, and come out and do it. And cycle that thing out every day so until you know it finally worked out but (laughs) absolutely yeah it's um i think it really puts things in perspective and you know for those that are tuning in you're listening to this you know audibly or just um, watching this video it's uh it provides a lot more perspective on you know seeing you know you really like you're really about it and you love it and you don't just go through all those (laughs) you don't even have to describe that those those, those are huge sacrifices and it's a lot. And in the midst of trying to find, you know, a place to live, have that stability and a midst of trying to, you know, find, you know, work to support you. It, you're also, you're also 
taking class still and having to keep that training. And I always think about, you know, that there are those that are more fortunate that can just take class and they don't have to worry about anything else in their life. And I think if uh, you can talk about that dynamic, I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen it. And um, if you can just talk about, I mean, I feel like you just, you have a little bit of like a chip on your shoulder when you're making all these sacrifices and for you to go to class, there's so much more that you have to put in. And, and, and maybe for those that's just like, kind of like, Oh, like it's just, this is just class, but your, your, yeah. your mental is like a different drive. If you can just talk about maybe how all these huge, like all these huge sacrifices kind of maybe motivated you in the class or when you were working towards mm-hmm. that greater goal, if you can just talk about, you know, what that was like. Mm, yeah. 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 I think class was, um, class was a consistent reminder of why I'm here. That's in like, I know class was like an expense, but it was not an expense that I was willing to give up by any means. Mm -hmm. And no matter how anything, how hard anything got, I was never not going to take class because if I'm not taking class then I'm not, what am I doing here? You know? And I knew that I needed to get better. I knew exactly where I wanted to go. And I'm like, no, that no matter what the bills are, no matter what the food situation is, like, you know, I've figured out how to spend like a hundred something dollars a month on food and like <laughs> super duper cheap. And I was like, yeah. man, no matter, no matter what the class is, is staying. And it was, it was actually like, I felt like I was in, I was in super duper hustle, like grind mode and maybe not everyone else there was, <laughs> but that was actually what I would have, what I preferred because that allowed for class to be the escape from all that kind of stuff. And, and to show me that also, you know, the world that I'm looking to get into exists and the consistency of a dancer, no matter how hard it is, it is possible. And these people around me that I'm looking at are, you know, reminders of that. So it's one thing to be back at, back in Ohio and be like, no, this is what I'm working towards and it's possible and it's possible, it's possible. It's, it's another thing to be working as possible, as possible, possible, and then see all the people who who made it a possibility mm. around you. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And so I'm like, nah, <laughs> whatever, it's t- whatever it takes to figure the situation out, you know what I'm saying? These people are reminding me that this hustle is, it's possible. So yeah, it was a blessing. Absolutely. And I, and I kind of wish that my, <laughs> you know, I could have got some money from somebody to kind of help me. I thought it'd have been nice, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've learned so much from that portion of, of my life that I would, would never really change no matter how much I hate it at the time. <laughs> but yeah, Ab- Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're taking these classes and you're balancing, you know, um, I'm working and, you know, there's really not, not too much time for you to, to rest and, and maybe as put into as much of your craft, if you can maybe talk about maybe when you started to get into the audition scene and maybe giving our audience a little bit of insight as to what that was like. There's a lot of them are cattle calls. A lot of them are very, you're typecasted. And if you can just talk about like some of the most memorable experiences or some that come to mind right now and uh, what that beast was like <laughs> adjusting to that. Yeah. I, I still remember my first audition. Um, <clears throat> I had, I had a, a dance teacher, knew a dance teacher in Ohio who knew someone that lived in LA, right? And okay. that's kind of, kind of confusing. <laughs> okay. But um, so I met this uh, lady, her name is Erin Marino. Uh-huh. Um, I met her like randomly, we met for lunch, her and, her and Chucky Claypow, who is a choreographer, very successful as well. Um, he was on, uh, was 
there for the this is it tour with michael jackson wow. shorter guy with the long hair super powerful uh-huh. um yeah they're great um and i met with them for lunch and i just wanted to like see what kind of information i can, I can get and you know i didn't know anything was going to come from it but they had like a small gig like you know it was like a free gig but they were able to throw the dancers some money mm-hmm. there's no like budget so it was like it wasn't like anything where they like were jipping us it was perfectly fine because the job didn't create any money Mm-hmm. So it's one of those kind of things, but it was a great experience for me. I got to meet some new dancers. And while I was there, the dancers told me about an audition that was happening. And I was like, I don't have an agent. But also, mind you, add into all that other stuff, trying to find an agent as well. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was calling agents like I was supposed to, be, supposed to be represented by them. I was calling them every day. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yes, yeah, so they told me about an audition. And I was like, I think it was for the the Latin, some Latin award show. It was for um yeah some latin award show and i had um for liz imperio and some, something i can't remember um and i went to audition with no agent and no nothing and whatever and i walked in and i was like i'm doing this and then i yeah, i went in the groups and i you know i went as hard as i could it's a bunch of people there super packed yeah. this is my first like experience so i'm seeing all these dancers around me i'm like whatever let's go nervous <laughs> of course um and then i just remember going in the groups and like dancing my little life away and doing my little trick that i had and <laughs> and be and being cut the first round and be like okay well that's what that was mm. okay mm-hmm. okay cool and i for a while i was just like i finally got signed i was you know like i said I was calling agencies every day and i but i eventually put together my own reel and i found someone to give mm. me a recommendation so i was si- signed to gta Nice. Started audition, started auditioning from there, and was like, you know, f- feeling good, feeling fine. And obviously, feel like I had a lot to learn still, and like a lot of progress had to be made. But was so excited about just like getting in the room and having an opportunity to learn and figure out, you know, what it was. Um, and felt like I was making progress. And then there was an audition that happened that I didn't go to because I was like, man, I don't think I want to do that. And I had uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Jose Omar, super professional, done a bunch of different things. And he was like, you should have went to the audition and give me a bunch of notes. Like you shouldn't be skipping auditions, you're too new. Mm. And then he gave me a whole breakdown of what it is to audition and how you're supposed to audition and how you carry yourself, how you enter the room, how you walk out there to, to do the, to perform the piece and all that stuff. And before that, I wasn't really getting anything. And after that, conversation it changed everything the way i auditioned changed and then auditions started leading to jobs and yeah so yeah those kinds of things those little nuances you're talking about for whatever you could disclose to to the audience or to Mm -hmm. us did you feel like it was uh did you feel like those decisions that you had to do that ultimately led to you maybe being able to book more things Did, did it feel did it feel natural like like you talked about maybe like how you went to a room, like, did you feel like you had to kind of change who you, like, what was that adjustment? Cause I feel like there's a lot of like, it could be. So I don't know what that was mm-hmm. like. Um, so one of the things um, more so, it, it wasn't about acting or changing in, anything about myself. It was more so awareness. Mm. So being, being aware of the fact that when you enter the room, as soon as you enter the room, they can see you and they are looking at you yeah. and they are, you know, they're not like trying to, 
well, for <laughs> lack of better words, they're judging you, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're mm-hmm. trying to see if there's someone that you want want to work with. So being mm-hmm. aware of that and being aware of the way that you're dressing and putting yourself together and making sure that it's a positive reflection of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that changed for me was the way that I stepped out onto the floor. Mm. A lot of the times, even though everyone there wants the job, it seems like as if some people, a lot of people there um, either don't believe that they're going to get it or don't really want it that bad. <laughs> so people will walk out with like, their heads down or kind of dragging or whatever, you know? It's like when you, when it's time to walk out on the floor and 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 dance, walk out on the floor, like you're, about to, you're proud of what you're about to do. Mm. You're proud of where you are and who you are. It's not about acting. It's not about being like, it's about being like, yo, where I'm at is where I'm at. Let's go. Let, let's let's show what we got right now. Yeah. And then it's about, <clears throat> he, he told me this. He said, as soon as the music comes on, it's started. Mm. As soon as it comes on. Yeah. Don't wait for the dance to start. Don't, don't linger around. As soon as the music starts, it has started. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, as soon as the music starts, I'd hit, hit like, I don't know, hit like a pose, move through it or like start freestyling or just showing that I'm feeling the essence of the music. Yep. And then from that point on, go for it. Don't hold back, engage, give them like full, full energy, like full performance, the whole vibe, yeah. and then finish it off strong, finish it off through the music and then stand there confidently when you're awaiting the result. And I think overall, it's just about a commitment thing. You know, yes. he, he was telling me, he was like, I've seen you dance before and there's no reason why you should not be at least making it to the end of these auditions. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So that was it. I was like, I just want to make it to the end. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to see if these things work. And the notes that he told me, those small minor changes when everyone in the room is not doing that, it changes the whole thing. Mm. It's way more important than the dance part. Yeah. Way more important. So, Yeah. I think just a little aside before we get to the next thing, Chris, I remember when you, mm-hmm. you had came into uh, Grown Ups Rehearsal, which is a, a team that I, I co-direct with uh, Carla Durang and Amor Ledesma, and you, Chris had come into one of our rehearsals, and I remember when you had just started going into groups, and I remember, you know, given the current climate right now at the time of recording, we're, we're still in a pandemic, and I think we were dancing outside with masks, obviously, and yeah. I, you know, it's still tough to, like, kind of like, okay, like we still got to do this. And I remember you kind of feeling our energy out and, and weren't doing all those things. Weren't starting as quickly in terms of a hey, music's going, mm-hmm. like we're going, mm-hmm. Hey, when you take, when it's your group, like you take that stage, not when you get to center, yeah. but when you walk. And so I remember you even still holding true to those same values you learned and you yeah, were, you were giving yeah. that to us. And I, and I really felt like this, like, Oh, like he really knows. And I, I really appreciate that. Cause you're really just trying to share that knowledge. That's actually so critical to anyone that's trying to pursue the performing arts so i just want to say thank you because you you were you were sharing oh, of course, all man. that night yeah. I, just, I wanted to say that before it, it slipped my mind um, yeah 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 <laughs> but getting you know getting more into it now chris and you have you're kind of equipped with this newfound knowledge and you're like oh okay that puts things in perspective let me make the adjustments you're starting to see things now i don't want to spoil it um, you end up working with some really big people. If you can maybe just first take us back to 
um, maybe the first audition that, 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 that you booked, um, maybe the big ones. I mean, there's, there's a, and I have this all written down, but you have some big artists that you yeah. worked with. If you can just talk about that first one and one, what that was like, the process Two, what mm-hmm. that did for your confidence. I mean, like I said, you had just come over and you were going through all this shit just to take class living situation, mm-hmm. job situation, all these instabilities. If you can just talk about that feeling of getting that first big gig and being like, oh shit, or whatever that was for you. If you can just talk about that experience. Yeah. So uh, the first the first job period or the first like- Let's uh, go with the first- big, let's, Bigger one. Let's go with the first one you booked and then we'll go into the bigger one after. Tight. So yeah, so the first, I think, I can't remember exactly what the <laughs> first one was, but the first like cluster of jobs I was doing for a while were industrials. Mm. It was like where a brand kind of gets together. I'm sure you probably know a brand, mm-hmm. a brand has their like, it's like a, like a modeling kind of situation, but instead of models just walking it, like okay. you dance it and present yep, the, yep, yep. Present the clothing that way. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I remember the audition, I remember a couple auditions I did, but one in particular, I had gone to the wrong studio. There were like two studios that were called like West Coast something at the yeah. time. And I had gone, yeah, had gone to the wrong studio. And I was like, what? But I Ubered oh. there. It cost me like a $20, $30 Uber to get there. It's going to be like another $20, $30 to get there oh to get to the other one. And I was God. like, if I'm going to this other one, I'm going to book it, period. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get this job. I put down that, that Uber Uber money and, and went there, came in late, had no idea what was going on picked up the combo in the corner and I didn't even know if I had it or whatever, but when I went out in that group, boy, I (laughs) went in. Mm. Like, it's like a whole different type of vibe from like dancing in class to like, even dancing on stage, you have a little bit more comfort with what you're doing and you can start to perform, but there's like a whole different energy that comes out (laughs) when I'm auditioning, where it's like, it's a whole different thing. And I had that full going into this and, um, yeah, I, I booked that one from there. And that was like, that was a moment where since I was late, I really felt like, man, mm. the things that I was taught by Jose really <laughs> ring true. And yeah. they've really started to sink into me. Yeah. Um, the first big, big job that I did, not to say those jobs weren't big because I loved them, but the first mm. like bigger job that got a little bit more notice was um, I did Ariana Grande's AMA performance in 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually, that wasn't an audition. What it, what it was, was I was in uh, Brian and Scott, the choreographers. I was in uh-huh. their class for like a year and a half straight. And they had like gone on tour and come back and the whole thing. And I was just in their class like two times a week just like over and over and over because I like love what they had to offer. They're yeah. all, also both from Ohio. Okay. Um, yeah. And um yeah, and I felt like they were making me a better dancer, constantly giving me notes, and I would come in and work on those notes, and they see that I would improve on those notes, and i get some new notes, and, and it kind of kept going that way. And for like a year and a half, just kind of, you know, really going in there. And after a while, maybe after like, you know, six or so months of doing that, I realized, because I was just there just purely for training. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to work for her. I was just like, I just want to train because they're really training me. And then after a while, I, I remember being in class and being like, yo, I would totally love to do that job. Mm. And I kind of, I kind of stocked, stocked it away and kept training, kept training and, you know, kind of just, you know, slaying away at it. And um, I was at my bar job and I was, you know, picking up glasses and 
going back and forth from tables and whatever. And they came in, they, they loved the bar that I worked at. So they would come in every once in a while, but uh-huh. you know, Brian and Scott came in and they were like, Hey, can we talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, for sure. What's up? And like, how would you uh, like to do the AMAs with us for Ariana? And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. So, oh man, yeah, that was my first big one. And I'm dancing with like all these super crazy dancers uh boy max boy boy like just super super talented people and i remember i was boy boy's opposite or next to him for like a in, in rehearsal and i was uh-huh. like what am i doing surreal you know? <laughs> like like and he's just eating me alive and i'm just like what is happening here this oh, is so crazy man. um but i was man so grateful for that that performance and um the opportunity and i i to the best of my ability took it and ran with it and and went full force and um they i got a couple shots that they like you know brian and scott were happy about and were proud of and i was and i had a few that i was like really happy with myself and i was like okay awesome and you know the family's excited everyone's excited so yeah it was a great great first experience and like a real like hit into that world but also with people that i was comfortable with so it was like a nice like ease into that so absolutely and 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 we'll get more into you know the work that you're doing that you've done also too with ariana but i think also you've done some work with with demi i believe demi lovato yeah if you can maybe talk a little bit about that stuff too or um what that was like or yeah, I did um, Demi's tour year. Is that 27, 2017? So you were touring with Demi, touring with Demi. Yeah, I did. Um, I did her European leg. Um, yes. She uh-huh. had another dancer who had to who had to leave for, for some reason or another. And then they had auditions and I hopped in for uh, hopped into the audition and hopped in for that uh, that second European leg. How long were you guys on tour? No, they'd be like, um, for that, just that section it was two months. Okay. If you can talk a little bit about yeah. tour life, if, if right now we're talking about the Demi tour in, in Europe and we can also get into yeah. you know, the Ariana stuff you've done, but if you can talk a little bit about uh-huh. what tour life is like, I mean, for a lot of aspiring dancers, just, I think that's always a dream is like, Oh, to travel and to do what I love. Uh-huh. Talk a little bit about your experiences being a traveling dancer and performer. Yeah. 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 And it, um, the thing about uh, touring is like, you kind of uh, adopt this family for, um, you know, however long the, the, the tour is. And so with adopting a family, there's a lot to like learn about yourself in mm. that way. So for instance, like we're, with Ari's tour, it's like, you know, here here I am with like, I think you at the time that was like 12 dancers maybe. Mm-hmm. So I have like 11, 11 new like family members that I'm with every single day, day in and day out. I work with, I hang out with, I chill with, you know, mm. when we're on the bus, we're sleeping in the same area. So yeah. So yeah, so it's like, man, so so it teaches you like to, um, it, it points out things that you do that you're like, okay, I need to be more considerate and I can learn from this on a personal level, um, from on a person to person basis, as far as like coexisting people around you in a small, smaller space for a consistent amount of time, for a long yeah. period of time. Um, and then also like, there's so much to, for me to learn as a professional this is the first time where I've gotten to my first tour was the first time I really got to um, be on stage consistently. So I got to really, really work on so many things on stage consistently. 
Yeah. I guess one thing to like be able to practice those things in class, but now it's like the quote unquote pressures on and you actually are doing something for people that like thousands of people are watching. So it's like, I'm getting like consistent practice at that. And if I go in intentionally being aware of what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting better every time I hop on stage. Mm. And while I was able to like enjoy the process for what it was and just for the experience and the music and everything and the audience and interacting with everyone that was, that was on stage, I also was very aware of the fact that I am working on constantly improving myself every time I get on the stage. Mm. And it was just amazing to have that opportunity you know yeah it's a lot of times if it's like if it's like one-ons that you do like one one-on quick shows that's like one chance you're on stage and then you're off until the next time yeah but here i had the opportunity to consistently get up there and do it and man i i took full advantage of that and Absolutely. i i loved it and then traveling and seeing the world was incredible i never traveled outside the states before before mm. ariana so it was like opening my eyes to some different things and yeah man it was oh great. my gosh. And, 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 yeah. I, and I know you did, you were, you were on tour where you were mostly doing shows with Ariana or what was that kind of a, a stint like with, with the Ariana crew? Yeah. So yeah, um, we had like three or four shows a week with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is fine because we had like every other day was off. So mm. some tours just do like, you know, every day is a show or like, yeah. have, like three days in a row or whatever. So no, I was grateful for that. Um, but yeah, we had three or four shows a week, um, all time in between. And it was, it was, it was great. All, all her shows, we had the same show every time. So had this, the same stage every time. And, mm-hmm. and we went, we went from, we had like minor stage adjustments as we went from continent to continent. But, um, mm-hmm. for the most part, this, this show kind of stayed the, the same, uh, as much as it could. Mm. So, Yeah. <sighs> If you can give us a little bit into um, maybe rehearsal process and working, and, and I think it's it's cool because you have a lot of this insight in terms of the, you know the work that goes into. We all see what happens on stage, but it's really mm. that stuff off stage. And you kind of gave us a little bit for what you were doing in undergrad and kind of those intensives. But maybe if you can talk about you know like you talked about you're you're gaining family members, you're working with the same people every single day. If you can talk about you know, mm. that work-life balance being traveling on tour and, and those rehearsals, are you re- rehearsing mostly beforehand? Is it still kind of during, like, what's that whole process like in terms of everything, but the performance on stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and every camp is kind of, kind of different with the way they do rehearsals. Some people like to rehearse before every show or like throughout the tour, but for Ari specifically, we kind of do, we kind of really, really hone in on that performance period a couple months beforehand mm-hmm. and go into like the production rehearsals, which is like a, a couple weeks or so of us working with the actual stage and props that we're going to use and which leads us right into the show. And then we have necessary rehearsals from that point on before the show. So as things are needed or things need to be changed or addressed or especially when that, within that first like month or so mm-hmm. of things, you know, changes that need to be made and adjust adjustments is when really is really when rehearsals would, would come in, but not quite the same as before when, you know, we were building things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that building process is, is it, it can be intense for sure, because there's <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of us like, you know, the choreographers are trying to const- constantly respond to the information that they're being given, which can change frequently. And they want to give us the, 
share us share with us the information that's necessary and then you know things change though and we have to quickly respond we have to learn how to you know trust people that we're working with despite the fact that we're building a new relationship beyond friendship it's like a professional relationship yes you know so we're learning to trust each other they're learning to trust us they're learning you know um learning how to work best with them and like what you know they need as choreographers from us Mm -hmm. um you also have to put put your ego aside too because like it's not always about what you want to do as a dancer you know when you're when you're a part of of the bigger picture sometimes you can't always see what the bigger picture is the way the choreographer or the way the creative director can see it Mm -hmm. and so that's what i mean you have have to trust them that the things that they're telling you to do are for the greater good of the show even if that means sacrificing a little bit of what you want to do, yes. Um, you know, personally. However, at the same time, Brian and Scott do a great job of of hiring people. They hire people for pretty specific reasons, mm. and and it's usually that you know everyone's pretty different, and they usually hire you because the type of different that that you bring to the table is what they need. Mm. So it's 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 a balance of the two it's like you know knowing that i have to support the group and then also knowing i have to know myself enough to know when i'm adding who i am specifically to the table when Ah. it's needed you know yeah i wanted to ask him that too and you just kind of alluded to it right now chris but talking about you're always being on tour and traveling you're obviously extremely busy and you're giving to this greater picture and this that's going to be put on you know stage and it's going to be seen by thousands of people how are you as, as a, as a mover and yourself, how are you still feeding you as a mover and you as what you want to do for your brand for Chris? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how did you balance that being on tour, a full professional working dancer, and then still building your brand, still figuring out your movement, still making your connections mm-hmm. or what am I going to do after? Like, what is that balance like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, that, is definitely what I what I was kind of uh, leaning towards when I was talking about um, every chance I got on stage was an opportunity to become better because every chance I got on stage I would try to make new choices. Mm-hmm. Um, this this last tour specifically, um, I for the first leg of the tour I had set my choices my choices meaning like I'm, I'm sure you know but just for anyone else that's like what yeah yeah. Um, uh, the in-between the movements, like the stuff that, you know, where the choreography is not given to you, you get to, you get to choose what you do in those moments. And, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of like freedom with the show that we had this, this past, uh, uh, two, two years ago. Um, and it, it, a lot of freedom in a very beautiful way. And I, and which I think they really used, um, our individuality to really create a really phenomenal show. But, um, so, but I made sure that like for the first leg, I, set my choices, found things that I liked, and I kept them consistent throughout the entire leg and really like try to really commit to them in, in, in fresh ways and keep them alive and, and make them really strong and firm. Yeah. The next leg, I made myself change my choices every single time, every single week. Okay. So I would, I would put myself like in, in kind of comfortable places and it would change my show in some ways. Of course, not anything that's going to involve me changing my interactions with anyone, yeah. but my individual moments for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would change what I do to kind of force myself to come up with new things and, and kind of be on the spot on stage and feel a little uncomfortable, you know? I love that, yeah. And sometimes I, would, sometimes I wouldn't change like before the show. I would be changing like during the show. <laughs> so it'd be like, okay. What I say is gonna do? Okay, you know what I mean. So it like yeah. forces you to kind of be uncomfortable, but at the same time, you know the show so well, so the performance is still gonna be consistent. 
it's just a little bit of a a toss-up for you inside Mm. and then for the last leg i freestyled all my choices i didn't plan anything (laughs) so all my choices were literally made actually in that moment and i knew that those are different ways for me to progress you know, throughout. So, you know, the show would, would never get boring. It's just like the experience is, is phenomenal, but mm-hmm. it keeps it even another layer of exciting. And like, I feel like I'm really, really improving literally every time I get on, on the stage. And then like off, off stage or whatever, we would, you know, have like, like, like a little freestyle sessions and I would choreograph a lot and, you know, try to teach when I can on the, on the tour and kind of keep my own situation going and post pieces and, you know, kind of keep it because teaching is still very important to me and always has yes. been and probably always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, still like teaching on the road and creating on the road as well, which we've had the, which we were very blessed to have the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think the combination of all those things was really important with, you know, my continued progression and um, really setting up and continuing what my brand is. So I'm still trying to figure out what that is exactly, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, Chris, and, and you just talking about trying to figure out what your brand is. I, I remember when, you know, we were going over, you know, your intro and you you talked about being a mental health professional. If you can maybe just <laughs> share more on that. I mean, that's so awesome. You know, I think with, with you, first thing that may come to mind for a lot of people is the dancer, the educator, the performer, and, and you being able to have connected to so many people working your butt off to get there. But talking about mm-hmm. this other side of you and, and if you can share and what that means to you and, and what you've learned and whatever you can share with us in the audience. Yeah, for sure. So I, I definitely like in, in the past like couple of years or so, I got a little heavier into like uh, meditation and I started off like a, a couple like kind of like self-help books kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, these are kind of, these are kind of great. Okay, cool. I, these make me feel like pretty sad. Okay, cool. So I kind of kept that going and was like really, you know, kind of diving into my own, you know, mental places. I've always felt like the only difference between like the person that you are now and the person that you want to be is your mental state mm. and the mental state changes as a result of experience as a result of lessons learned or whatever it may be but the real difference is only your mental state so i was always curious as to you know how can i further develop myself mentally or internally so that you know the external things around me that i want to change and progress they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you know, I got a little bit more into meditation and, and then the self-help books, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And um, I think I kind of kept digging in that path. And I think over um in the start of the pandemic, I really, you know, got more into that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I'll, you know, now that we have some some more time to kind of mm-hmm. you know dive into ourselves. Um, I really want to want to keep going. So I th- started to go to therapy as well. And I was mm. like, and it wasn't even necessarily anything that I felt like I really need to fix this right now. Like I'm having like, some really big trouble. It wasn't so much that. I just really wanted to further understand myself mm. just to know, like, I just want to be aware of the choices that I'm making, not only for the choices, but also for the root of the choices. Like, why am I doing things that I, that I do every day? And, or why am I, not doing the things that I know will help me or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to further understand my mental and therapy definitely did that. And then I also read this book called the, uh, 
The Seven Spiritual Laws by Deepak Chopra, which mm. is a phenomenal book, which definitely changed my life in a huge way. Um, I know like most mental professionals have that one book that kind of like ignites that fire. Yeah. And that that was that. That's the one. Mm. Yeah, man, it changed my life in so many ways. And I think that, um, yeah, from that point on, I was able to find a way to exist in this pandemic. And at one point it was something that was panicking me and like giving me so much anxiety, yeah. but I was able to, through these like readings and this therapy and all stuff like that, to find a place of like consistency and, and a place where I was feeling like, man, I'm, I'm doing okay right now men- mentally. Like yeah. I would, I would and, and, and I know why I am. I was like, I would love to share this with, with someone, but I was like, how would I do that? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, too late for me to be a therapist. It's not too late, but I'd have to go back to school and, you know, do those yeah. things. Man. So I kind of saw this, like, man, I don't, I don't know, you know, whatever. We'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes to me. Yeah. And then um, I did a podcast with uh, my friend Darian mm. and I just want to get on. I did a couple. I did one with Darian. I did one with um, Brian as well, Brian Nicholson. And okay. we got on there and talk, talked about like positivity, you know, mm. chose a topic. And I, you know, I just want to be like, what can we talk about that can inspire people or make people feel better at this time or, you know, just share what we're going through and how we are move, moving through things. Absolutely. And hopefully can inspire someone else. And then someone kind of dropped a message to me and, you know, said the word life coach. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Life coach. That's, maybe something's in that. So I did like more research than that. And then I remember uh-huh. that um, when I first signed my new agency block at the beginning of the year, I had a meeting yeah. with this lady named Jet. Yeah, her name is Jesse Douglas. Mm-hmm. And she's a, a mental health professional as well. Wow. And so I was like, man, I would love, I loved my meeting with her. It was super inspiring. I felt like super connected to it. I would love to talk with her further about this kind of stuff and see if she even just needs like help with some stuff. If I can like, you know, shadow her or, or something. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. See what I can learn from her. So I reached out to her and she was like, I would love to do session with you. I kind of told her what I, what I was feeling. And she was like, I would love to do session with you and I can teach you how to teach this, this kind of stuff. And I was like, uh, and this kind of stuff, by that I mean like uh, thought management, um, understanding the mind, understanding yourself, whether, you, whether you're whether you more a spiritual person or a religious person, whatever kind of is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in essence, just freeing up your mind from a lot of what we learn that takes it over and makes it uh, a not so easy to live with kind of place, yeah. um, if that makes any sense at all. But, but um. But yeah, so I, I did session with her for a couple months and she kind of taught me how to teach this kind of stuff. And and now that I have learned, I'm looking to move into taking on my own clientele and doing like um, speeches and that kind of stuff as well. Um, fortunately, dance has kind of like picked up a little bit in the past couple of months. So it's kind of directed me a little bit more in that, you know, in that yeah. space for now. But, you know, I have I have my first client now. Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm excited to kind of see what that, that holds for me in the future. It's something that I could see myself doing for a long time. Um, especially because it, it, for two reasons, it helps someone else and also can also inspires me to keep continuing down that route and trusting that route for myself. I can't share it if I don't believe in it myself. So. Absolutely. And I just want to, just want to say thank you, Chris, for just sharing that bit. I think, it's, I think at some point, 
everyone has been extremely vulnerable during this pandemic mm-hmm. and really questioning, okay, whether yeah. you lost everything or whether like, you know, the industry you're in is, is not doing as well as, you know, it was pre-COVID, we were all affected in one way or another. And it's really awesome to see you kind of rebound and refigure, okay, you know, dance, it's not as much things are happening. I also enjoy this and love this and seeing how you pivot and you not being pigeonholed to just like, oh, I'm just going to dance and teach and perform. But it's like, I also have other skills I could do. And then you talked about mm-hmm, when dance mm-hmm. started picking up, then I can also go back. I can maneuver and weave whichever way I need to, to exactly. best suit me. And I just think it's amazing. And um, hopefully after you'll be able to link me. I don't know if you have a site or if it's just like through social media, but yeah. we'll your stuff. So, you know, that people that are looking for, you know, mental health coaches or life coaches or, or another support. I think Chris, um, just knowing Chris, um, I think he'd be great. And super awesome that you have that first client. I think that's always the, the toughest one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It is, it is great because like, it's, it's, it's um, teaching me so much. Like every time you work with someone, I have a conversation with someone, whether you've known the stuff prior and they're just learning it or they know the stuff and or you guys have a similar understanding like you're going to learn from the conversation regardless Mm. so every time i help someone else's understanding deepen my understanding also deepens it's like a yeah it's a yeah it's awesome what would you what would you say to what would you suggest to someone that may be trying to pivot in their life right now chris i think um a lot of people may or may not have found another thing outside of what they were doing pre-COVID. And obviously I'm mm-hmm. sure you found more things than just, oh, I really like this supporting other people and 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 recognizing mental health and making sure like this is this this is the foundation of like how I can operate as a person. So what would just from your narrative and your story, what would you maybe suggest to someone that's maybe still trying to find purpose or maybe still trying to find a passion um amidst this pandemic like what would you suggest to the to yeah yeah i think a lot of a lot of what it, what it is honestly is um well some, sometimes people really really know what that thing is <laughs> they they know what it is that they really want to be doing or something that they could be doing in addition to what they're doing or whatever it is but it, sometimes like fear or outside expectation or limiting yeah. beliefs kind of stop you from doing those kind of things yeah um so it's one thing to like move move past those um but some people also don't maybe maybe don't don't know exactly what is what, what else they could be doing or what um they're truly passionate about and for for that i would say um learn to become quiet with yourself whether that be meditation, whether that's like you just literally sit there. This the book that I read by uh, Deepak literally talks about literally sitting in silence completely mm. and having moments of of not talking. So I would do that, I would like shut off the TV and sit on the couch and literally just like sit there and be like, okay. Or I'd be like on my porch or like I go on a walk or whatever and just be silent. It's like every everything that you could ask or want to know or something that you're reaching for it all already exists within you it already does you may not know it because you haven't been with yourself long enough silently like authentically with yourself but it's it's all already in there and so it's like getting uncomfortable and being like i know every answer that i'm looking for comes from me i know every worry that i have and everything that i'm you know pondering and trying to figure out those answers all all come from me so the answer, in my opinion, is to be 
silent with yourself so that you can better listen to yourself. And there's nothing that you can't figure out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about being patient enough and, and trusting your, your inner self enough to know that those answers are going to come to you when they're supposed to come to you. It doesn't always mean it's going to be the easiest answer or the, or the answer that's not going to lead you to something that you're afraid of, but also knowing that your fear and your worries are also only things that exist in your mind. Mm. And you don't, you don't have to let them run you because they really don't exist in the first place. I know there's a lot of, lot at once, but, but no, yeah. I yeah. love it. I think, um, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps as I hear that it's, it's, and it's cool to, you know, I think there's that stigma attached and it's always kind of given me a little chip on my shoulder. It was just like, Oh, like you're a dancer. Mm. Like th- that's all you really do. And it's really awesome to, to see how locked in and how truly you talked about life-changing it was doing your research and reading those books and being like, mm-hmm. you have newfound purpose. And even just me hearing that being like, man, that that really resonates. And so I hope those that are listening can just really just take that and, and really, you know, putting the social media down and putting, taking a pause yeah. on things. I feel like we move at a million miles per hour and I think COVID's really yeah. down, but like you said, sitting in silence and just being patient and it's going to be, you know, you're going to figure like you said, there's nothing we can't figure out. We just need to be patient with ourselves and not be so hard. And especially dancers, we, we are the most, in my opinion, the most critical people. We live in the mirror. We yeah. die in the mirror. We eat ourselves alive. Yeah. So you got to give ourselves a break. Um, Chris, you know, your narrative is, is, is truly rich and, and you've experienced a lot and even just what you've shared today is really just, you know, we've only tapped into so much, but even that move, you know, to LA and all the sacrifices you were making and, and, you know, everything you're putting yourself into and even just navigating the intensives and getting kicked on, kicked down your ass and getting back up and to see where you are now and to see that, you know, you've performed with some of the biggest artists in the world and, and now you're moving and doing other work outside dance and then still getting back into dance. You shared so much with us. And I just want to know, Chris, this wouldn't change anything, but if you could say anything to your 13-year-old self, uh, what would you say? I find, I find this question a little bit tricky for, for myself just because I um, know that I was supposed to go through everything the way I went through it. Um, and so I, I don't, I want to say, I don't think I would tell myself anything because I think that every like tough moment I have had, even if it was like mentally tough and it was like more than I needed, I took it deeper or more than what it needed to be. There was yeah. still a lesson in that. Of course. So if I tell myself anything, I gotta say, dude, you're good. <laughs> That's it. Like I, I really, like I really would, because I, I've, you know, I've been one to definitely listen to advice and like I was talking about with class. Like if someone knows more than me and their opinion resonates, I listen to it and I take it right away. I don't wait. And if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm like, that doesn't apply. Thank you, and I'll let it go. But if something that I feel like resonates with me, I take it and I apply it right away. Um, but also at the same time, you know, I think I'm learning to trust myself a lot more exactly when I'm supposed to be trusting myself a lot more. 
You know, I think it's all happening precisely how it's how it's supposed to. Even the parts of my life where I was like, man, I really didn't need to even worry about that. Worrying about it is what you know taught me otherwise. And so I'd just be like, nah, dude, you're good. Just keep rocking. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Chris, um, you know, it's everyone that I've had on the show. I, I've, I've, you know, hopefully at some point. Um, can do a follow-up and, and even, you know, seeing yeah. the decisions you've made in, in, in the life coaching or, or in the mental, you know, health profession and just supporting others and what the clientele looks like and just even furthering more into your narrative and, and dance or outside of that, uh, you know, hopefully that we can connect again another time to follow mm-hmm. up. Cause I feel like we're just getting started, you know, an, an hour is only so right. much time <laughs> to someone's story, but Chris, I just, oh, yeah. you know, we, we, for the audience that's listening and tuning in, if you're still sticking around, it's, you know, Chris is, is by far the person I, I knew the least. And we, we literally met one time when he taught and, you know, it was when not just the movement, which I really, really did enjoy, but it was really also talking after and being like, man, like it just, I just, it felt really good. And I, you can't, I don't think you can say that about every teacher you take class from sometimes maybe a little standoffish or you just get different vibes. And it just felt really nice. Um, the conversation I had with you after, and I just said, Hey, I think it'd be great to bring on. And, um, I think time and energy is so important, especially nowadays. And so I want to say, Chris, thank you for giving us your undivided man. time and your energy today. And I have a lot of, of love man. for you, man. And I'm, I'm hoping that you continue to stay safe and healthy and kill it out there in LA. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you next time, Chris. Absolutely. Right back at you, man. I thank you so much for having me on here. I love it, man. I love what you're doing. I think it's great. Appreciate it, Chris. We'll catch you soon, have man. Thank part. you so much. Thank you, sir.